Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is Taylor Swift destroying the NFL? Well, apparently some of you think so. So we have to ask, what the elf is that about? You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome back to another edition of What the Elf Was That. It's like the football gods have been teasing me, right? It's like there's been nothing going on with the Borg. There's not been very much going on with the Ravens. And there's just been nothing to really talk about except for the Browns, who've actually been playing pretty well up until, well, the stinker last week. But what do you expect when you're starting a fifth-round rookie on their first uh, NFL start? Regardless, the NFL gods have now smiled a whole bunch of stupidity upon me, which gives me a lot of things to ask. What the elf was that? But before we get into Taylor, and how they're being sued again, and how they're, you know, while we're on all this, and I got my internet acting up, there we go, fixing my internet. All right. So it's like the football gods have dropped something right into my lap for something to talk about this week. But before we do that, let's talk about what happened on Sunday. I'm sure you haven't heard enough of it yet. Everybody's talking about this, that, these, those, and the others. But let me give you just what I saw on the field to go down. First of all, let's address the the elephant in the room. It was first to Kevin Stefanski, head coach Kevin Stefanski, Deshaun Watson's decision to not play on Sunday. Now, this has gotten some people pretty upset. You know, Deshaun Watson says, hey, look, I can't go. I'm, I'm just not going to play. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you rather be 2-2 two and two and a, an injured quarterback knowing that you got to play DTR for the rest of the season? Or would you rather be 2-2 two and two and have your quarterback healthy coming off the bye week? Now, if that's something you really can't answer right now, I want you to just look south for a second. Take your collective heads from Cleveland, turn them toward Kentucky and the football team that resides in Kentucky and ask yourself, what would like, what would the Bengals look like right now had they have like actually sat Joe Burrow? They'd probably still be one and three, but heading into next week, they may have a healthy quarterback. But instead, they're one in three, and they have a beat-up quarterback who's still not healthy. Is that what you want the Browns to be? Deshaun Watson says no. Okay? Let's just take this for what it is. All right? Let's just get our guys healthy. Let's play football. Let's get it done. 
All right, let's let him get healthy. Let's hope this isn't an indicator of something bigger going on. I haven't seen any articles yet of people trying to stir the pot between Stefanski and Watts. Maybe I've missed them. Doesn't sound like there's any internal turmoil between the two. Just sounds like he just needs to get healthy. So let's let Deshaun Watson get healthy, and let's go back at it after the break. Second, you're asking yourself, what's going on with the defense? Well, what the elf was that out there? Okay, look, I've been watching this defense, and I've been talking all, all offseason and all season about how they are running a very key-heavy defense. Now, you can do a couple things with defense. You could read keys, go to the where the keys are telling the ball is going and make the play, which is what the Browns have been doing. Last year, they had a very gap-oriented scheme. You have this gap, you have this gap, you have this gap, and you just go and be responsible for the gaps. So they've changed to a key-heavy defense. Now, if you're interested in the gap scheme defense, look at the New York Jets. They run it very, very well. It's just they don't have a quarterback worth crap because they got a quarterback off the geriatric ward, and he got hurt in, like, the fourth play of the season. But their defense is excellent, by the way. Um the Browns' defense is excellent. Don't don't let anybody tell you the Browns' defense fell apart or anything like that. What the Ravens were doing was, one, after three games, they have completely abandoned the air raid system of Todd Mockin, and I fully expect them to fire him at the end of the season. I think that dude is dead man walking. They've completely abandoned his system already and went back to basically the Greg Roman stuff they were doing. That's what they were doing Sunday was the Greg Roman read option um, kind of style that was going on long before Todd Monken showed up. And uh, I don't think Monken's going to last very long in Baltimore. So what they were doing is they were doing what I call key busters. They know that the Browns have been reading keys and running the football. So they've been running plays that were designed to provide false keys, meaning let's say they run an outside zone to the left, but then they hand the ball off to the running back going to the right. Well, if a if a defense is very disciplined and their eyes are in the right place and they're reading their keys and they're trusting their keys, that defense is going to flow to where the keys are telling the ball is going. That's what the Browns did. So this was very much of a, a Ravens attempting to use uh, the Browns' discipline against them. Now, this only was successful for about a drive or two. It wasn't like this was a long-term situation. For most of the game, the Browns shut down the Ravens offense. Um, you know, it only comes to the fact when you have people being a little bit undisciplined on the backside, give up some big runs. You had some situations where you're on the field for a long time. You start to get tired. That's not good. When you're starting a rookie quarterback and their first NFL start, the offense is going to look bad and it looked atrocious and your defense can only be on the field for so long before it starts to look atrocious. That is just the way of the NFL It is designed to be an offensive league. So that's what happened in the game. The biggest issue in this game was Dorian Thompson Robinson making his first NFL start. Um, I'll have some more to say about this when we get into our Ravens hate segment. Um, Hard to hate on the Ravens after they beat you 28 to three. But on the other hand, what did they really do? You know, what, what did they, what have they really done this season? So it doesn't look, it's not as bad as it looks is what I'm saying. And the future is not all in the dumps and it's not all going to hell in the handbasket. It's still a good season. We're going to see some great football out of this team and we're still in the hunt. Whether we 
want to admit it right now or not, we're still in the hunt. The Browns are still in the hunt. So I decided to look at all that's all that from Sunday. So I looked at what's in the news right now. So in the news right now, people are complaining about Jedrick Wills and Kevin Stefanski's play calling, which means all is back to normal in Cleveland land. Everyone's back to complaining about the same stupid crap they always complain about. Jedrick Wills is terrible, which, yeah, I don't know. He's not the best, but, I mean, like, who are you going to replace him with? And two, Kevin Stefanski's play calling is atrocious. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to tell you guys enough that he is a magnificent play caller and a magnificent play designer. If there's one thing I would say to never, ever do again is to never give Elijah Moore the ball on an end around. I've seen peewee football running backs play running back position better than Elijah Moore. Just put him out at wide receiver and let's just move on with life. Don't ever give him the ball again on a jet sweep. That is terrible. He lost like 20 yards trying to get the edge when there's a gigantic hole to run through that he decided to try to run around. Stop giving him the ball in those jet sweeps and we'll be okay. Just let him catch the ball and run. So that's what's going on with the Browns, at least after the game. Let's get Deshaun Watson healthy. Normal, typical stuff people are complaining about. Should just tell you we're all back to normal in Browns land. All right, let's go take our station break, baby. Visit our sponsors. Check them out. After the break, we're going to come back with our Ravens hate. We're going to talk about the board. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift and how Taylor Swift has single-handedly destroyed the NFL. And we're going to go from there. So hang on. All right, and we're back. Time for the patented and ever favorite segment of our show. That is the Ravens hate segment. I'm actually a Ravens fan. Go to hell. That's right. Go to hell. The Ravens. You've checked any of the Ravens news recently. You'd think this team was the second coming of Jesus Christ himself and the greatest thing to ever happen to NFL football. Let's be honest for a second, people. Who have the Ravens beat? One, they beat the Houston Texans with C.J. Stroud's first NFL start. No rookie quarterback is winning their first NFL start. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. So that's just like a gimme, right? Then they play, I believe, the, the, the Bengals with Joe Burrow limping out there like father time on a broken leg, and they beat them. And the Bengals, by the way, played the stupidest defensive situation I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what they were doing out there. And then the week three, they play against Anthony Richardson, another rookie quarterback on his third NFL start who gets hurt. And then his backup comes in, Garner Minshew, who you may remember from his Jacksonville and Philadelphia days. And those two proceed to beat the Ravens. Garner Minshew, backup quarterback, takes the Colts and beats the Ravens in Baltimore. And then the Ravens come to Cleveland, <clears throat> excuse me, and they play Dorian Thompson Robinson on his first NFL start. So what have, what have the Ravens really accomplished? They've taught us that they can beat rookie quarterbacks. You know, the Browns played Justin Fields on his first NFL start and it sacked him like 100 times in that game. Actually, I think it was eight, but, you know, they sacked him 100 times in that game. NFL rookie quarterbacks do not win their first start. Just don't. And the first and only healthy veteran quarterback they have faced 
beat them. So let's just get that clear. <clears throat> so don't sit there and start highlighting these guys as the next coming of uh, the 72 Dolphins because they're not they're not going undefeated. Obviously, they've already lost, but you know, they're they're not they're not all that. So let's just get our guys right. We'll take this division. This division does not look good. As long as Burrow's injured, the Bengals are in trouble. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I mean, he's got a bruised knee at this point, may not even play against the Ravens. See, there's the Ravens again. Going to get Mitch Trubisky. I mean, who can't beat that guy? Going to get Mitch Trubisky, another backup quarterback. And the the, the Steelers should have lost to us, but good Lord, who knows what Deshaun Watson was doing then. But I think in that last game he played, he got himself right. I think we're in good position as the Browns, as the team, to to really make some noise in the next part of the season. Just get him right and then go on. All right, so now is the time you've all been waiting for. Finally, 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 we're going to talk about... We're going to talk about... Hold on, let's, let's change the music. Let's do this one. Taylor Swift. So apparently some NFL fans think that Taylor Swift is is destroying the NFL. Now, my wife has strongly urged me not to say what I'm about to say. I heard this stuff going down about Taylor Swift, and I literally had to ask my wife, who is Taylor Swift? Okay? That's how out of it I am. Right? And then today, just before I recorded this podcast, she actually played me some Taylor Swift songs, which I have never heard before. So good for Taylor Swift. I'm sure she's an economic boom to Cincinnati, brought in millions of dollars, blah, 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 blah. Great for her. I mean, but if you'd read some of these headlines, you would think she is destroying the NFL. Fans are out there losing their damn minds. Like Taylor Swift is out here, like taking the attention away from a football game. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care if they keep showing Taylor Swift. I really don't care. Can't be as bad as Brent Musburger going on and on and on about A.J. McCarron's girlfriend in the national championship game. It can't be that bad. Okay? That's when they just panned on his girlfriend the whole time. And you're like, can we just watch football, please? I don't even watch the Chiefs. I've seen their games. But from what I could tell, it's not like they panned on her the whole game and you couldn't watch the game. So what? Say hi to Taylor. Yeah, Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. Now, for those of you who are throwing a fit thinking the world is coming to an end, just want to point out that the NFL is a business and a business that is in the entertainment business, not the football business, not the sports business, but the entertainment business. I have tried to point this out ad nauseum. They are not interested or they're interested, but their, their goal is to provide entertainment. Like just like the WWE, they're not out there in the wrestling business. They're in the entertainment business. Just in the same way the NFL is is not in the football business, they're in the entertainment business. So when you have someone with the star power of Taylor Swift showing up, that is entertainment. This is what the NFL wants. This is what they want because they can get people who normally don't watch football to watch football because Taylor Swift is there watching apparently her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, who I have seen in so many commercials. Like, how does this guy practice? I mean, I know we record him in the offseason, but come on. He's like, every time you watch a football game, every other commercial is Travis Kelsey. People throw fits when Baker Mayfield 
does the progressive commercials. Oh my God, what is this guy done in the league? Why can he do progressive commercials? But Travis Kelsey's out there selling. Uh, I think he's selling uh, insurance. He's selling um, identity theft protection. I mean, like he's selling all kinds of stuff. Like every other commercial out there has got him in it. Pretty soon he's going to be doing those USAA commercials with Gronk. Going to kick him off the USSA, USAA commercials. I mean, he is in every commercial known to mankind. Okay. So clearly he's a big name and Taylor Swift's a big name. And why would the NFL not want that going on in the stadium? So for all you were complaining about, man, they're ruining the NFL. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're doing exactly what the NFL wants, which is drawing attention, bringing a bigger fan base, bringing people who normally wouldn't watch football into watching football and hoping they can get more money out of the situation. That's what the Borg are all about is money. And now Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are bringing more money to the NFL by bringing in a bigger fan base. So just chill out, people. Just relax, man. I mean, I've seen pictures of Taylor Swift. She's not bad to look at. I mean, my gosh, I don't know. She's probably as good looking as AJ McCarron's girlfriend. We had to watch her for a whole game one time. So come on, just just relax. Just enjoy it. All right? Again, I don't know anything about the girl. Whatever. I don't really care. But we are bringing back a segment that I have not had much to talk about for a while. The Borg are at it again. The Borg are We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Yeah. You know, like I was saying, the NFL gods have been mean to us and not giving us any Borg news. But the Borg are back, baby. I want to bust out and song the Borg are back and there's going to be trouble. we got two, two issues going on with the Borg. Let's start with the easy one. So last April, maybe May, the NFL decided to suspend a whole bunch of people and then send some moron talking head out onto Good Morning Football to tell us that this extremely complex, dilapidated, and moronic policy they have where NFL players are allowed to bet on any kind of sport they want except football, but NFL employees can't bet on anything, period. Came out to tell us that that policy was crystal clear. It was not confusing. Everything was appropriate, blah, blah, blah. Mind you, the policy was uniformly imposed on the players. The players had no say in the situation. Well, last week, the NFL updated its gambling policy. So I'm, I asked, first I have to ask the question, why are we updating the gambling policy? Wasn't the policy that you unilaterally imposed that was confusing as all get out, that you tried to explain to us wasn't confusing? Wasn't that enough? Now you have to clarify the already clear policy? Well, here's what's happening, folks. <clears throat> the NFL decided after they suspended a bunch of players and the union decided this is bullcrap, and we're going to have to have a talk about this. The NFL decided to sit down with the union and change the policy. So here we have a joint working between the players and the Borg to create a policy that makes some sense. So what's changed in the policy? So betting on the NFL, indefinite suspension, minimum of one year, or minimum of two years if the player bets on an NFL game involving his team. 
Beforehand, it was just indefinite suspension, period, never to play football again. <clears throat> now, we've added a section for actual or attempted game fixing. That is a permanent banishment from the NFL. If you decide to give inside information or tip information, that is an indefinite suspension, minimum of one year. Okay? Third-party or proxy betting, that is when you get your uh, slick cousin Joe to go out and place a bet for you, that's an indefinite suspension and a minimum of one year. Now, as for the betting on other things in the NFL, other things besides the NFL, we're talking about Major League Baseball playoffs, NBA is going to be starting, hockey is going to be starting, right? In the NFL workplace or while working, now this is if you go to work and you decide to place bets while at work, the first violation is a two-game suspension without pay as opposed to a six-game suspension. The second violation is a six-game suspension without pay, and the third violation is suspension without pay for at least one year. Now, given the changes that went on, one has to ask what's happening to the players that we've previously suspended indefinitely. Well, Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams and Tennessee offensive tackle Nicholas petit Brer the small father, right, will be reinstated effective Monday and available for week five games. Those are the guys who bet on NFL games, but not ones including their own team. The other guys that are out there, um, the other guys out there I think are still suspended indefinitely because they bet on an NFL game, including their team. So they're still gone. But two of the players have come back under the revised policy. So what does this mean for everybody? It means, again, the NFL owners are a bunch of freaking morons. They go out there and they unilaterally impose a situation designed to say, if you're an employee of the NFL, you can't bet on anything, period. But if you play and you have money, and we know you have money because we pay you a lot of money to play football, we're more than happy to let you bet on anything you want except the NFL. And then they come out with this draconian do anything with the NFL, we suspend you indefinitely, period, which they finally figured out doesn't make sense because why would you suspend players indefinitely and not pay them because then they no longer have money to give back to you on gambling. So they decided to like, hey, we're just going to delineate a little bit about what different things you could do and have a tier of suspensions designed to help uh, make sure those people can come back and play football and ultimately bet more on you know their betting apps. So, win for the players. At least it's not some draconian, like, one one strike and you're out situation. Uh, they've been able to, like, change the policy. But look what happens when NFL ownership decides to work with the union as opposed to against the union. Maybe, just maybe, the Borg should think about working with the players to come up with something that makes sense for everyone involved before. Before they start suspending people and sticking their foot in their mouth. And just in case you think that these owners have any moral compass at all, I promise you they don't. The only thing they're concerned about is money and how do they get their hands on your money. And this is just another way they feel like they can get their hands on players' money. <sighs> the Borg, man. All right. Issue number two. And this one's my personal favorite. Okay. The Washington Commanders group, including Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and apparently some guy named Matthew Locks, are now being sued. 
And I think it might be the fastest lawsuit ever filed, right? They've had this team for like three months. And now they're being sued by a group called the Native American Guardians Association or NAGA, not to be confused with MAGA, right? Make America Great Again. Not that group. This one's called NAGA, Native American Guardians Association, which might be, you know, make Native Americans great again situation. I don't know. But they are suing the Washington commanders for defamation over claims that an employee that the organization is not a legitimate entity. So here's what happened. Some guy in the commander's organization, it's a sales representative named Matthew Locks, said that the National Congress of Native Americans, the NCAI, whom they say collectively worked to disparage the NAGA, the Native American Guardians Association. Basically, what he said was that this group, NAGA, was a fake organization, and there's not any real Native Americans in the situation. So the NAGA group got pretty upset and said, we're suing you. They're also suing, saying that the commanders need to change their name back to the Washington Redskins that this group were big Washington Redskins fans. And now they want the name changed back and they're defaming their character by not calling them the Redskins. So Naga insists this is from the athletic, uh, no, just the news.com Naga insists the removal of the name Redskins constituted erasing history. And the term itself is not in fact, a racial slur. The organization has launched a petition seeking to revert to the old name, which has roughly 132,000 signatures at the time of this press release. Then, quote, the name Redskins carries a deep cultural, historical, and emotional significance, honoring the bravery, resilience, and warrior spirit associated with the Native American culture. It was never intended as a derogatory or offensive term, but as a symbol of respect and admiration. Now, I read somewhere, and I can't find it in this article, that this it, this individual Redskin character, um, I'm not calling him a Redskin, I'm just saying, I'm describing the character that used to be on the helmet, apparently was a portrait of some actual Native American. I don't know if this is true. This is what Naga is, is claiming. So, at this point, they now have to deal with a lawsuit saying that they have defamed the character of Naga by saying that they are not a real organization, there are no real Native Americans, and now they have to defend themselves from changing the name from the Redskins to the Commanders. And this group would like to see them go back to the Redskins as a name. People will sue anybody for anything, won't they? I don't half blame the Josh Harris group at this point. I'm probably going to have to fire this Lux guy just because you can't go around calling people like fake groups. They may be a fake group. You just can't call them a fake group. But I mean, just you got to be pleasant with the way you deal with people. But there you go. Uh, you get the name in July and September rolls around and you're already getting sued. That's, you know, the middle of your third month operating. You've already got a lawsuit. You're already acting just like the previous group. Wow. Well, nobody said the Borg were smart. All right, guys, we're wrapping up here. Don't stop yet. We're still talking. So the Browns are on a bye week. This is the get healthy week for everybody. Miles Garrett, 
Everybody going to get healthy, going to figure out what we're going to do with the offense, going to do some self-scouting, figure out what the Browns offense is good at, what the Browns defense is good at, where their weaknesses are, how one would attack the other. This is what good coaching staffs do. So in the meantime, I guess we're just going to sit and complain about Taylor Swift. We're going to sit and complain about the Denny's menu and the terrible play calling. And we're going to complain about Jed Wells because that's what we did the whole entire offseason. So why would we do anything different in the middle of the season? So, all right, guys, thanks for hanging in. What the elf is going on out there, man? That's all I want to know. What the elf are we doing? Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 